Welcome to the Elk Talk Podcast with Randy Newberg and Corey Jacobson. Presented by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. The goal is what little you and I know about elk hunting, we share with people. I've got an elk building, it's like 120 yards away, what do I do? First off, the thought would never cross my mind when an elk being 120 yards away to call anybody <laughs> on a cell phone. <laughs> All elk. All the time. Only elk. Only elk. Well, it's us having conversations. So we usually go down some rabbit holes. But if you hunt with Corey Jacobson, you will find the landscape is full of rabbit holes. We're just going to make this up as we go. And you look at it like, oh, that's a target-rich environment. But if you're trying to single one out, a solo target there is much easier to go into than a, a big group. We record everything, so there's no BS and no lying, no faking it with us. <laughs> Did we hit the record I button? I forgot to hit the record <laughs> button. If you want to know something about elk hunting, this probably isn't the podcast to listen to. <laughs> Should we give them a list of all the other podcasts wow. where they might learn something? <laughs> The Elk Talk Podcast is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. To become a member, go to rmef.org. And the podcast is also brought to you by OnX Maps. And with OnX Maps, you can know where you stand with the most accurate hunting GPS tech on the market with land ownership maps that work offline. Go to onxmaps.com and use promo code ELKTALK and you're going to save 20% when you sign up for an app membership at onxmaps.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Gerber. Uh, go to gerbergear.com and learn about the knives, the vital, the big game vital, the Gator Premium, all the things that we use when we're out in the woods and not just knives, but also some really cool multi-tools that they have. We're also proud to partner with Sitka Gear. And if you go to sitkagear.com, you'll see their full line of clothing. And their tagline is turning clothing into gear. And they are doing that through advanced technology that allows you to stay in the field longer, hunt harder, and stay safer. The Elk Talk podcast is also brought to you by GoHunt.com. Uh, go to GoHunt.com and sign up for the Insider. Um, the, the insider is changing how haunts and hunting information are found. No doubt about that. Use promo code ELKTALK, and when you do, when you sign up for the insider, you're going to get $50 of store credit, mad money, in their gear shop. And we are also brought to you by Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. And Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls is the original designer and inventor of the pallet plate diaphragm that's completely changed the way elk calls are made and used. And to find out more and to order your elk calls, go to RockyMountainHuntingCalls.com or BuglingBull.com and use promo code ELKTALK and you're going to save 15% on all of your elk calls and elk call accessories. And with that, Corey... We are ready to get into it. Let's jump into it. Folks, I turned on this microphone, and I can't believe that these jokers are cracking and making jokes here. But <laughs> like little kids when they get a microphone. I know. <laughs> I'm me. obviously the oldest guy in the crew here. I'm sitting here with Corey Jacobson and Donnie Drake, and I think that they're just seeing if I have the patience to sit here any longer because I've done a bit. It's now 9.30 in the evening. I started my first podcast at 9 o'clock this morning. 
Your furred. Yeah. Furred My fur. Yeah, see, I can't <laughs> even talk anymore. Anyhow, folks, welcome to the to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's Elk the Elk Talk podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Randy's had a long day. He didn't eat from yeah. four o'clock yesterday afternoon until just now we went and finally fed him some Chinese foods. So. I went twenty eight hours without eating. He's got a little food coma going on. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I feel like I'm gonna have a hepatic coma or something. But anyhow, folks, we're here to tell the world how you can hunt elk every year. And uh, did we decide we're going to talk about New Mexico today? I think New Mexico is coming up on uh, deadlines for applications, so we need to talk about New Mexico. What is it? We, we looked it up before. March, we March 20th. Yeah, I almost said March 21st. It's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. March 21st. So before we turn down the mic, Don, he said, tell everyone it's March 21st. <laughs> yeah. He wants to improve his draw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so March 20th, not the 21st. Right. If you wait until the 21st, do not blame Randy and Corey. That's right. I'm not going to exempt Donnie from the blame on that one. But. No. So do you guys mind if uh, as our cheat cheat outline i use gohan's new mexico elk application strategy <laughs> article someone's gonna have to take over for me i i saw there was a drunk down there on the in the entryway to the hotel maybe we should get him up there he'd probably have better enunciation Speak more than clearly than randy tonight yeah did i turn the the recorder on is the big all right we're good there it's not the good. first time we've had to check that no so, is it okay if I use Gohan's strategy article? Well, if you don't use it, we're probably going to give him some false information. Mm, probably. So. We, we can thank Brady and Trail for these strategy articles. See, Randy, you're the you're the New Mexico expert. I am. I rode your shirt tails once. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, only time I hunt. ever applied in New Mexico with you, we drew our first choice. First choice, first time applying. Yeah. Had a terrible hunt, and you killed an elk. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> So, do you apply apply much in many states? I hit Donnie. Do not apply very often now. Really? Not yet. Well, what are we going to do to get you in a New Mexico elk tag? I don't even know yet. Really? After, after I told him about the hunt with you down yeah, there, all, <laughs> you'll have a better Whoa. option of, of converting some of the people listening than Donnie, well, I think. I went there last year and got in another one of those heat waves. It's like every other year you get caught in heat waves yeah. down there. So I'm st sticking strictly to rifle hunts from here on out. Heck with it. You guys who know how to play the flute real good, I'll, I'll let you guys go down there for those hot Yeah, but it's even on those hot years, the playing the flute just doesn't... I mean, we saw it. Yeah. It's, if it's hot, there's nothing you can do to turn the elk on. I mean, there just really isn't. We had the, you know, all the people, the full moon, the heat, mm -hmm. everything, and it was... We tried. We looked under every rock. Yeah, so... Is Donnie's looking at us like, hey, Corey, I think you're trying to encourage people to oh, apply. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to improve my odds. So if I did the look apply on again. Donnie's yeah. face was like, what? Are, what? Wait, did, I thought, <laughs> wait, wait a second. That's not hey, what I thought we were Hey, you part. be the optimist. I'll be the realist here. Okay. So, All right. That work? All right. I'll be the optimist. There's a 330-inch bull. Behind every uh, in drainage. every drainage. Yeah. Every drainage has one, sometimes three or four. I think you told me that before we applied. I know. At, at some point during the year. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Might be April. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and in all fairness, you had been to that unit, what, three times before yep. you and I hunted there? Yep. And our experience was not ordinary. No. no. And we still killed, I mean, 
we had, I shot an elk. We had a couple other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, gosh, the elk just weren't there. There were plenty of elk. We just, for our style of hunting and what we were hoping it would be, that year was off. Yeah. And most people who saw the day-by-day -day stuff out on my YouTube channel said, remind me not to ply in that unit again. <laughs> that, that I'm not applying there. Uh, so I think we don't need to scare anyone off with this podcast. We've already done that <laughs> by people watching that hunt. But the good news about New Mexico is there's no point system. Yeah. So you can come in or come out regardless, you know, depending on what your budget allows. Yeah and really no penalty for... And I think there's only two states without a point system out west for elk, is that right? Uh -huh. Idaho and New Mexico? Yeah, you guys got the corner on the Idaho gig, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Idaho and New Mexico. I The only downside about New Mexico is they split the tags 84% to residents, which I get that. Then 10% to an outfitted pool, whether they're a resident or non-resident yeah. outfitted client. And then 6% to non-guided non-residents. So 6% is a pretty skinny allocation. That's probably for, the least generous, isn't it? Of Other than Oregon. Oregon's 5%, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I believe. So, but... You know, if you got clean living on your side, you just draw your first choice. That's, first I mean, why? So that's why yeah, I'm drop thinking. the app and walk away, right? I'm, I'm thinking, Donnie, <laughs> this is your year, man. What, what, exactly. I, I say that if the we ought to just front your money and to pay you some vacation time to go down there and just show them how you kill these 340 inch bull elk. <laughs> we got, we have till March 20th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. There's a lot of good things about New Mexico. They have some really nice elk there. Yeah. Um, we did, and even though the bugling was off, we saw good bulls mm -hmm. on the hunt we were on. That's There's no doubt that they have, they manage for quality in a lot of the units. Yeah. And uh, there's tons of public land. We didn't really, we ran into one spot there. Well, there was a couple of spots we ran into that had some private land, but... Yep. Nothing for men who are as handy with a Onyx system as we are. <laughs> I'm I'm the Charlie Daniels of the Onyx he system, is. man. I, or I say that. No, watch, I'll get busted for trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you do, it won't be because you weren't using Onyx. It's right. <clears throat> I, can you imagine how embarrassing that would be if I accidentally did something stupid like that? It'd be the end of my very poorly constructed career in the hunting space. <laughs> Your wife would be happy. I was going to say, my <laughs> you'd be able to put a plug in the hole. My wife is probably calling every county sheriff, go bust him for trespassing. I don't yeah. care if he's trespassing or not. Manufacture a case for him. But, if, he so, quits, if he quits this job, our, our income will go up. For sure. <laughs> she, she's, she reminds me of that every year when we do the household budget. So, do you guys have a household hunting budget at home? Do you guys? Uh, not, not strictly. I mean, where it's a business now, it's different. Okay. You know, I mean, it's, I don't spend a lot of money hunting. I mean, I really don't. I go on two, maybe three elk hunts a year. Mm -hmm. One of them's resident. So I'm just, you know, we're talking less than two or $3,000 in actual yeah. outgoing expenditures. So what about budget of time? That's the, that's the hardest part for me right now. Well, yeah. With the age of kids there. Donnie, you got... I have a full-time job that 
I don't think my boss is going to listen to this, but <laughs> if I can't go elk hunting, I don't know why I'm working the rest of the year. So. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> well, if you want to go elk hunting in New Mexico, there's a slight change this year. Yep. The $65 license that you used to be able to check the box and say, refund this if I'm not successful, this year you don't get to check that box. Which it always, that was always kind of a... Weird, right? it, it was. It was weird. It was like, why would you charge someone $65 for a license? They apply. They don't draw. Who's going to keep their license that wasn't going to buy one anyways? Someone who wasn't paying attention. Yeah. So, I mean, they're taking advantage of somebody that doesn't realize, oh, I can get a refund if I just click this box. <laughs> so, I think people must have started catching on. Randy told everybody, hey, you can get a refund there. And they realized that people were taking advantage of it. So, this year... You don't have the option. You buy a license if you want to apply yeah. for a tag You're blaming in New that on me. I, I blame everything on you. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I was reading some internet chat forums the other day. I am getting my share of uh, blame, so what the heck? <laughs> Pile <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Grab a number yeah. and stand in line. We went to Dairy mm. Queen. They were out of mint chocolate dilly bars. My kids blamed you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, give me that manager's number. I'll call that person. <laughs> we'll fix that problem. Yeah, straighten them out. But <laughs> So the two states without a point system, you know what you guys in Idaho charge me as a non-resident? I do. Oh, okay. $160.75 or something for a license that is a non-refundable? Yep. And an application fee of $14.75. Per species. And if I do it online, you guys charge me a $21 processing fee yep convenience oh so, there yeah that, thanks for I, that was so convenient yeah <laughs> me not having to drive to headquarters hey, yeah. and hand deliver my application they should charge you a lot more for that convenience oh yeah so my total cost by the time i'm done in idaho without the cost of the tag $190.58 all non-refundable all non-refundable new mexico $13 application fee, $65 non-refundable license, $78. So a third the cost. Yeah. Almost. Somewhere like that. So I guess if if people know they're going hunting in Idaho anyhow, well heck. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just you know you're gonna go buy an over the counter or a, what do you guys call those? Region tags or something? Zone. Zone, Zone tags. Yeah. Okay. So if you know you're gonna go do that, I guess it doesn't matter, but for me, I'd, I'd rather spend $78 than $190.58. Especially where there's no points. I mean, I love the no point structure. Oh, me too. But if you're going to charge me $190, you know, there needs to be some reward, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that they're experimenting with in uh, New Mexico this year is e-tags, like electronic tags. I didn't. I did my New Mexico applications for everything but elk. I'm waiting to see what happens in Wyoming next week. Uh, but you get to check the box to say I do want an e tag or I don't want an e tag. I, I'd screw something up with an e tag. So an e tag basically you have your mobile device yep. with the tag on it, and when yep. you fill it, you punch it. Yep. Hmm. So I, I don't know. Do you have well, to have? have do you I've, have to have service? Good point. I, I was just going to say, I haven't spent any time thinking through it, and I don't have a particularly devious mind, but it just seems like there could be some ways around. Seems like fraught with the potential yeah. for abuse. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but the cool part about New Mexico is, as far as the draw, without points, they look at your first three choices before they go on to the next person. So, I always do some crazy, don't think I'm going to draw kind of odds as my first choice. Because the year that we drew, (laughs) there were only four tags and we got two of them. Two of the four out of over a hundred applications. Yeah. Yeah. So instant a hundred first choice applications. Right. Yeah. Instantly the rumors were flying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh second choice, I always do something I would say percentage wise, my first choice usually has less than five percent odds. Yeah. And then my second choice usually has somewhere between like around 10% odds. Probably the hunt you truly want to draw. That's second choice. <laughs> yeah. And then my third choice is usually has 12 to 15% odds, which I I don't know if that's really a good strategy, but it's the strategy I use. And as often as you hunt in New Mexico, yeah, I think you've got something figured out. I'm so embarrassed to tell people how many pronghorn tags I've had in New yeah. Mexico. It's embarrassing. When I talk to residents who've, not, you know, <laughs> drew once in 43 years, I'm like, ooh, yeah, let's just keep that a secret, Randy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when if you and I, we have, so I'm going to go into the season splits. Yeah. So you have two archery seasons. There used to be three until about six or seven years ago. They changed it to two. Uh, September 1st through the 14th is the early season. That's what I, I drew last year. And that was a train wreck. That was so hot. And then the next season is the 15th through the 24th, which are the dates we had a couple of years ago. And then usually following that, they have a either mobility impaired or youth hunt in one of the units, then followed by two firearms hunts. And the firearm hunts, sometimes they're rifle, both of them. Sometimes one's muzzleloader and the later one's rifle. And sometimes both of them are muzzleloader. And then there are a few units where they don't, rifle hunted at all like unit 13 15 17 i think those are the only three there's never a rifle season in there well that's he just gave away a pretty healthy secret right there that's darn it i mean if i was thinking about going archery hunting somewhere i'd want to hunt somewhere where they didn't hear gunshots every fall and yeah well i don't know they hear a muzzleloader go <laughs> if I'm shooting the muzzleloader, all I ever hear is click, click. click. Oh, really? Is there a story behind oh, that? Oh my Kirk? goodness! Is that is that when you forget to put the primer on? No. Oh, you I had so Idaho has traditional only muzzleloader, oh, so yeah, you've got to have right. all the yeah. old stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the terminology because after yeah. that first experience, I thought I'll never muzzleloader hunt again. But uh-huh. <laughs> I was I had a, I was antelope hunting, and I had an antelope at ninety yards from me. Mm-hmm. I shot nine caps at him. What did you do? You didn't put any powder in the No, it was powdered up. I got back to camp and put one cap on a shot, and it went off and hit the paper plate at 100 <laughs> yards, and I thought, all right, we're good to go. So I went back out that evening. I missed three antelope inside 100 yards. Wow. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And so I, were you there to watch this? I did not witness in that one. Oh, man. I'm more accurate with a bow than I am a muzzleloader, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, in New Mexico, it, I I don't know if there's a caliber restriction on their muzzle loaders. You can use anything. I think yeah. you could almost wheel a cannon out there with a front stuffer cannon like they had at the Alamo or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the scope on it. And <laughs> yeah, and just let her rip. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there I've seen muzzle loaders in New Mexico. <laughs> they make some of the rifles down here on the show floor look pretty barbaric yeah. compared to some of the muzzle loaders I've seen and guys using in the field in New Mexico. Oh, I've heard of people shooting 250, 300 yards with a muzzle loader. Yeah. Yeah. So in New Mexico, you don't got to worry about any of those kind of restrictions. So, um, but I, uh, the other part about having those three different season types, you can mix and match on your application. So if you want to do a First choice as an archery, and the second choice as a muzzle loader, and third choice as a rifle. All in the same unit. If you know a unit or you like a unit, you can apply yeah. for all three weapons. And yeah, mix and match. Never used to be that way. So, I I don't own a muzzle loader, so I'm I'm strictly sticking to the rifle hunts. This no, year if you think Mexico. if you think archery is frustrating, you should buy a muzzle loader. <laughs> <laughs> How can I make this harder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not. We started out not really pitching people real well on New Mexico, and I think any chance of a muzzleloader sponsor just went out the door. <laughs> yeah, you can thank me for that. Oh one. gosh. But no, I, I think you know. Going back to the the requirement to purchase a license, a non refundable license, I think. If you're wanting to draw New Mexico, this year is going to be a great year because there will be a lot of people that... What? You told me before to quit being negative, Nancy, and to encourage people to apply for New Mexico. So I'm telling them your odds are going to be better this year than any other year. Yeah, because a lot of people are going to walk away for the $65 non-refundable investment. But now that you said that, everyone's going to say, well, Corey Jacobson told me this is the year to to apply, so I'm not going to walk away. Yeah, but that's all seven people who listen to the podcast. Oh, that's true. I won't sway the odds. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a lot of units in New Mexico. I'm just looking here at the the draw odds and everything else. Um, Here's a unit that has really nice bulls. Uh, Can you give a number? No. Okay. My, See, sorry, listeners, I was trying. Yeah. yeah. The app doesn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> so the the draw odds are 11%, which aren't that great. Harvest success is 73%. Another whoa, whoa, one. whoa. 73% harvest success? Mm-hmm. For archery rifle? Mm. This doesn't really matter. It's incredible. Wait a second. I must be... Must be reading this. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry about 73% that. Seventy-three percent public land. Mm, no, sixty-three <laughs> percent public land. Um, so let's see. Find find right. me. I, the oh, I'm looking at the wrong columns. I I'm sorry. I got my computer too far away from me. <laughs> I was gonna say, you, let's turn the microphones off for a minute. You show oh. me the unit that's seventy-three percent success right. rate. No, don't mind me. I know I was looking at the resident draw odds. That's why I was, I'm like, these can't be right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> reset. Hit the search filter 2.0 reset button. So non-resident draw odds. Now, now we're a little bit more dialed in. Um, yeah. Draw odds, 35%. Harvest rate, 22%. Percent public land, 90%. So 35% draw odds mm-hmm. with no points. 
with no points. Wow. Draw odds, 50%. Harvest rate, 8%. I think that would That's, be a challenge for you guys. I think that was the unit we hunted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think you guys ought to get with that. Sounds about oh. average for archery. <laughs> Ooh, here, here's a, a muzzleloader hunt. Draw odds, 16%. Harvest rate, 27%. Draw odds nineteen percent, harvest rate forty four percent. Did you say archery? No, that was muzzle. Oh, okay. So here's the rifle ones. Draw odds twenty five percent, harvest rate forty percent. Draw odds thirty five percent, harvest rate twenty five percent. And these are antlered elk hunts. Antlered. Yeah, I'm telling you. Wow. See, if I'm just plucking these off by doing a search. Yeah. I got my little. You know, Al Gore invented the internet here so I can put my laptop up and get on my go hunt. And yeah. See, that, See think, so, think back 10 years mm -hmm. yeah. before, like, even some of the states weren't publishing some of that information. Right. And now, it's all right I here mean, at my fingertips. When I hear 25% draw odds and 44% success rate, right. I'm on that. Yeah, that I'm doesn't checking, exist I'm, in I'm, the real I'm, world. I'm yeah, checking like, that out. Yeah, but, you know, the, the funny part is with Go Hunt is a lot of people think they give unit recommendations. Mm -hmm. They don't. Like some of the research or application services, get, you know, this is our top unit or blue chip or whatever yeah. they, they rate it by. Go Hunt is just, here's the tools, here's the data. We're going to extract it for you. You decide where you want and what you're looking for. And they used to have a slogan, be your own hunting consultant. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cool part about it. it. Is. It's yeah. like the DIY resource, of, of resource for DIY hunters. Yeah, I, that's what I think is cool about it. So I think if people really sat down and did the version 2.0, grind it out and figure it out in New Mexico, they'd be really surprised <laughs> about what pops up. And uh, So can you look while you're there in, in Insider yeah. in filtering 2.0? Okay. Can you look at the unit we hunted mm -hmm. and see just what the average draw odds and success rate are? Mm, yep. Let me go to that. I just want to find out how miserably we failed. <laughs> yeah. You sure you want to know? Yeah. All right. Let's go to the year that they actually have multiple years of uh, data. So we hunted that go. in 16? Yep. Wow. So. Oh, how, how did I end up in Nevada? I, I'm telling you what, guys, I'm in a bad way tonight. This is... Yeah. Do not starve Randy for 24 hours and then feed him no. Chinese food. No. Yeah, you just have Nevada on the mind. It just wanders and that's where you uh, want to be. Well, maybe that's it. <laughs> At dinner, Donnie and I were talking about Nevada. We were, we were figuring out how we're going to Nevada elk hunting and short of robbing a bank, we haven't come to a solution yet. <laughs> well, I know you weren't looking at draw odds in Nevada when you're talking 19%. Oh, no. Uh -uh. <laughs> There's nothing there no. you can draw that easy. All right. So the archery hunt that we had, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me see. They got the dates mixed up here. Either I hit deer or something. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, those are, those are not deer dates. Well, first, Randy was trying to order dinner off the cocktail menu. Yeah. <laughs> we well, caught yeah. him there and said, hey, it's a Chinese restaurant, but you still have to be able to pronounce the food. Mm hmm. Oh, this, uh, I'm really struggling here. All right. Let's go to draw odds. 
I'm just going to go right to that unit. This is the faster way to do it rather than 2.0 because I'm I'm really in a struggle tonight, guys. <laughs> All right, archery, right? Here we go. I'm scrolling through. Um, and not only do we have blood sugar-related issues going on, it's way past Randy's so, bedtime. In 2016, the odds of drawing were 6.8%, just based on first-choice odds. Yep. Okay. Not counting second and third-choice applicants. Well, and party applications skew that also because we applied together. If one of us drew, we both drew. So that's, right. we counted as one application, but two right. tags were accounted for. Right. So the year before we had the tag, the hunt, the success rate was 33%. <laughs> one out of three archery hunters killed an elk in that unit. And then the next year, it was 16%. Yeah. Went in half. Well, that's a heck of a deal. Yeah. What was it last year? Uh, it doesn't have 18. Or 17. 17 yeah. was 19%. Yeah, so they had a rough one So there too. must be a whole lot of really old bulls out there. Yeah. Because no one's been killing many of them lately. But, but between the two of you, you had a 50% success rate. Right. Yeah. You, we, you, we, we're way, we're at least one, <laughs> one or two standard deviations <laughs> yeah. right over there. Good, thanks, Don. Yeah. Man, that's a, that makes me feel pretty good. Instead of us feeling like we failed 50%, we actually crushed the... Uh, the average. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, we need Donnie on this podcast all the time. <laughs> he brings out the good side of everything instead of us moaning the blues. But so that but was even the first with year. that being said, mm -hmm. 16 and 19% draw odds for an archery elk hunt That's are actually really good. Really good. Yeah. 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 I, I would agree with that. So you've hunted Arizona. Mm -hmm. Have you ever went back home and hunted? elk in nevada not um, yet not yet keep trying huh yes okay i think that's donnie's dream hunt is to hunt elk in nevada yeah so, he grew up in ely which is kind of like the elk oh, yeah. mecca yeah that's yeah. so the reason i ask that is new mexico can be a lot like those other arizona nevada maybe even to some extent utah you can run into these really dry periods and or really hot periods yeah I, I hunting dry years. Well, at least you know they're going to be somewhere near water. But hunting really hot periods, I mean, if you get that one week, it's your hunt. It's just hot. I'm just going to hunker down in the thick stuff and not leave it. <sighs> that is, that's just that shouldn't be fair. They should let you get a mulligan for the next <laughs> next year or something. <laughs> but so I'm I'm a big fan of New Mexico when I draw. But I'm done archery hunting. I've got two years in a, two hunts in a row down there now where I got sunburned so bad. You got really <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember what yeah, I looked like yeah. after I shot that bull? I do. And yeah. I think that 90% of that sunburn came in the four hours that I was laying <laughs> on the wide open hillside, 30 mile an hour winds, it was 85 <laughs> degrees, and I laid there and couldn't move for four hours within <laughs> 50 yards of that bull. Yeah. We were actually just talking today. I did a podcast with uh, Brian Call on the Gritty Podcast, and Ryan Carter and Ryan Lampers and Jason Phelps were on there, and we were talking about spot and stock versus calling. Mm. And Ryan Lampers is like the ninja when it comes to spot and stock. You hunt yeah. coos deer with him, and yeah. 
I think he went out in the first hour and yeah, came back to Crockett. camp. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, none of this cool deer spotting stock. Yeah, I think next year I'll bring a spear. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian was really building up on that. And he's like, Corey, you had a hunt one time where you spot and stalked an elk, right? And I said, yeah. And he's like, you know, was it fun? I mean, you're hunting elk. Was, was the adrenaline rush there? And I said, you know what? It was the most boring thing I've ever done. <laughs> You're like, but you killed an elk, right? And I'm like, oh, totally I did. And I was excited about that. But I sat there for four hours and baked in the sun without anything casting shadows in any direction mm-hmm. to shoot an elk when I could have been in the thick timber with it screaming in my face, running from bugle to bugle. So there's no comparison. Oh. Heck, I'd hunt mule deer if they bugled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you know how we're talking about this hunt elk every year gig um we try to uh think about how someone with a budget how they can parlay that budget into multiple multiple states based on timing so this year february 21st wyoming releases their results so get your refund sometime in early march well you've got that refund in time to either do Montana or New Mexico. And if you haven't been in the point game, I would say roll that money in to New Mexico then. Yeah, I guess, and I would agree with that. I think it's Montana and New Mexico are two completely different experiences. Oh, yeah. And so I think, you know, based on what you want, if you're playing the points game and you only have the funds to play one or two states... New Mexico's a pretty good, yeah, just yeah. without points with a low cost to enter the draw, it's probably a pretty good bet to, yeah. to do. Yeah, and then you'd find out sometime in early May, I believe, on New Mexico, which then if you still had your little pool of money, you could roll the dice for Idaho. Or I think Oregon is, Oregon's May 15th, is that right? Oh, is it? I don't know. I think the deadline I, in Oregon's May 15th. Idaho is June, June 2nd or June 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you have a couple so, late options there. So if to, you have that pool of money, you can almost time it properly to get... Roll three, it over. Yeah, three states of applications. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the good part about Montana is if you don't draw, you find out April 15th. So... March 15th, you put your put in, you're going to know by April 15th and probably have your refund by April 25th. So then you definitely could be into Oregon uh, or... So these states are a little bit faster on the refunds than the federal government, is that? <laughs> well, it just depends on who your CPA is, yeah. <laughs> you know, but... So the, the, just trying to think about where New Mexico fits in a short-term, mid-term, long-term plan. I think my experience has been anyhow that New Mexico, if your budget allows it, it's more of a somewhere between mid and long-term plan. You never yeah, know. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it could almost even be a short-term at least option. I, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of that... Uh, the wild card out there that you have, it fits into a lot of strategies in a lot of different ways. And so it's almost, for me, it's just so far away. I mean, you've driven down there, I don't know how many times. (laughs) Too many. It's too far for me to fly. Like it really, it's, (laughs) the time I met you down there, I thought, holy cow, it's, you know, I spent seven hours in airports and on airplanes just to get down there. Mm -hmm. And you drove, it took you like seven days to drive there or something. Yeah. (laughs) 
I can, when I leave Bozeman, I leave Bozeman, I go down, uh, obviously, through Idaho Falls, Pocatello, Salt Lake at Price, or at uh, uh, Spanish Fork, Utah, I cut over to Price, Utah, then to Green River, then at, uh, is it Creston Junction? I think at Creston yeah. Junction. Hit and go down to Moab, to Monticello, and then over to Cortez, Colorado. Um, and usually the, I'm, I can get to Cortez that night, uh, but I'm kind of a tightwad a lot of times when I travel. I just throw a cot out on the side of the, some old two-track road. Man, and, taking a risk camping <laughs> overnight on a cot in Cortez, Colorado. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's where Steve Chappell's from, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get sabotaged. <laughs> I didn't know he was from there. Last year when we did it, I was towing llamas. Yeah, that was. See, I could not time. imagine. Yeah, I was just gonna say driving a trailer full of livestock from Montana to to New Mexico. That's yeah, it wears you out. Yeah, and then you got to let the llamas out and let them do their thing. Well, we had took us forever to find a place outside of Cortez where we could camp, and they'd take llamas. We went to Forest Service campground. It's like this Cadillac campground, and it's like no livestock allowed. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I go to the camp host, and they're like, just a second. He gets on a cell phone, calls someone. This lady comes. She's got a little like corral just really? over the way there. She's like, yeah, when the Forest Service comes with their horses, we let them stable them here and, and just pitch your tent out there in the field. I'm like, whew. Wow. Thank goodness for that. But no, it's a long haul. I, yeah. I get it. But some people listening are from Texas. Totally. Or, I mean, if I lived in Texas or you know, even California, they'd be there like in a lickety split. If and it so, was Southern Colorado to New Mexico for me, you know, I mean, if it was, I don't know, any, anywhere within an eight or a 10 hour drive for me, I'd be applying in New Mexico every year. Yeah. It's just, it's the lowest cost to get in the game and, and have a chance of drawing. I mean, it really is. By the time you look at, you know, Oregon's 120 or $150. I haven't looked at Oregon um, yet this year to remember how much the license costs. You have to buy a license, non-refundable. Idaho's 160 some dollars, non-refundable. Montana is like $700,000 or something yeah. for a license and tag. Right. I mean, it's, all these states are very expensive to mm -hmm. get in. And with if very few exceptions, you know, Wyoming, you can buy a point for $50, but you can't apply right. for that. Um, so, I mean, realistically, financially, to get in the game, New Mexico is probably one of the cheapest. Yeah. When you actually draw the tag, what's I forget uh, what the tag is? It's, it's like seven hundred and sixty bucks. Yeah, for for the premium. So yep. they have standard rate, which are the tags with lower demand, yep. and those are a couple hundred bucks cheaper, like five sixty. And then uh, they call Q uh, quality or HD high demand. Uh, I think are seven eighty three or seven sixty three something. And like that's that. based off of the draw, draw odds, isn't it? Demand. Anything yeah. less than five percent or eight percent or whatever number they have. Some number, yeah. If it if it if it's harder to draw, they're going to charge you more if you do draw it. Yeah. yeah. Well, supply and demand. That's I mean, right. You know, <laughs> just it's, makes it confusing. When you're looking through the application, it's like, wait a minute, I got to pay more for this one than the one right next door to it just because 
I have a little bit better chance of, of drawing one. So, yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'm applying in New Mexico. Tag with it. I'll drive yeah. down there. I'll be thinking of you the whole way if I drive. I'm like, Corey, that, <laughs> if, if he had a Nissan Titan like I do, he'd, he'd be down there in no time. I, you there. can put more <laughs> miles on him. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I was telling our crew, I think I, we need to hire a driver. Just some, you know, some college kid who wants to intern, he drives the truck down there and picks us up at the airport. Set your cots I, up in the back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I pitched an idea to Randy that involved hunting on private land, and he said, "Oh no, no, no! Or my viewers would never, never go for that." But now he's talking about hiring a driver to take him hunting. <laughs> well, here's my rationale. That means I could spend an extra day at home on the front end of the hunt, and an extra day at home at the back end of the hunt, and my marriage has a greater likelihood of surviving. And how do you spend more time at home if you hire a driver? Do you have to drive twenty four all like all day, all night? Sometimes. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, you mean him? Yeah. The, well, yeah. If he's if I'm paying for him, he's gonna drive till I'm there. <laughs> you know? I don't care if he wants to leave four days early. I, I and think stuff. there's laws against that. <laughs> well no, he he can leave a couple days early, but Oh, that means well, you, you're hiring a driver to drive your stuff and you're going to fly. Yeah. What, I thought you were hiring think? a driver to drive you there. So I'm going to sit in the back yeah. like he's like my butler or something. Take me to New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. No, I, I'm thinking that uh, the, the more days I'm home, the more days gotcha. I technically have to hunt. Yes, so. I understand. Now, okay. you're, you're hiring a transporter, not a driver. Okay. Yeah. However, you, whatever you want to call it. You want a job, Donnie? <laughs> uh, no, Donnie's not going there. No. Like, I'm, I'm done. This is not. <laughs> I'm going to leave here at any time. But uh, no, I, I'm just joking with that. But there are times I think about it. I, I put on 30,000 miles a year driving across the West half the time, more than half the time towing a trailer. Yeah. And I can't sleep in a vehicle. I, I for whatever reason, I, I, I just can't fall asleep in a vehicle. So the crew, they're always offering to drive. I'm like, doesn't do me any good. You guys should be back there sleeping or editing on your laptops or something. I'll drive because I can't sleep. So, twenty four seven. There he goes again. He's gonna make mm -hmm. the guy drive all day and all night. He makes his poor editors work. If you're in the truck with me, you're editing. That's exactly. <laughs> you're right. on the clock. Yeah, yeah. On the clock. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's the difference? They're sitting there. They could be playing Instagram games or whatever, or staring out the window, or they could be editing. You know. Yeah. Might as well be productive. Yeah. And driving. And coming coming I mean, from a true CPA, I answered the phone, you're on the clock. Yeah, there you go. I, I only have so much time, I got to bill it all out. Oh, gosh, this podcast. Man, it, no kidding. We're going downhill. Let's, let's talk hurry. about the good things about New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, wolves. There are some Mexican... I said, let's talk about the good things. I know. How, how do wolves come up as the first thing that comes to mind when I say good things? Because there's only 100 of them instead of 500 of them. Well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm looking on the bright side. <laughs> well, I usually don't bring up wolves when I'm talking positive. So I, I had a guy on my podcast today who is in charge of the Mexican wolf recovery program. He did explain to me how those wolves eat primarily coos deer, jackrabbits, and turkeys. Yep. Not, I mean, they will eat enough. Here's another thing he told me that 
if Colorado is to go forward with wolf reintroduction of, of he calls them mid-Canada gray wolves, yep. is what he calls them, and they bring them to Colorado, he said they're going to be in, it's not going to, it's only like a two-day trial oh, yeah. for these big gray wolves to go to yep. these 60-pound Mexican wolves. And he said if they did that right now, their models show that the the gene pool of the Mexican wolf would be so polluted. He called it uh, genetic swamping. He said we'd lose uh, full blown. So uh, his point was, if you really are concerned about this subspecies, this small Mexican wolf, you better not bring a bunch of gray wolves near because yeah. pretty soon they won't be. Mexican wolves anymore yeah. because they'll these larger gray wolves would dominate in the meat breeding and mating process and he said as small as the Mexican wolf population is it wouldn't take very long to swamp them not only that genetics. I know in, in areas where there's coyotes the wolves we have in Idaho kill the coyote I mean there mm -hmm. is no competition they do not allow competition yeah. whether it's bears mountain lions coyotes anything that competes with them for food gets killed yeah. So I asked him, I said, well, it seems w weird that we're not hearing about this. You know, we're hearing about this gray wolf reintroduction idea in Colorado, but no one's talking about uh, the fact that this could really mess up the Mexican wolf population. Yeah. He said, oh, we've written papers on it, but yeah, you're not going to hear about it. Uh, yeah. All of us scientists, we've written papers. So, anyhow, so yeah. did you say it was a liberal agenda then that's... Trying to force that? No, I'm not saying that. No, did he say that? No, he didn't say that. He's he's a, he's a paid government employee. He can't. So say can that. I say that? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Why would anybody want to take something as devastating as wolves and put them into an area mm -hmm. to naturally manage a species like an elk, mm -hmm. unless their agenda included getting rid of hunters as a management tool? Mm, yeah it's just i don't know we've been through it in idaho from yeah. beginning to where it is now and man i just if you truly care about wildlife mm -hmm. the last thing on your mind will be reintroducing a species like the wolf yeah well sorry you, that's you've we, been you've been hunting them i really need to do a wolf podcast uh, and uh, the elk talk the wolf episode of the elk talk podcast yeah mm. We give, we'll have all of our sponsors completely down in the drain in no <laughs> yeah. time. I don't know. I, or, the, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or they'd all be happy. Yep. Yeah. No, I just... So they do have the, wolves. The there, Mexica, it's it's pretty, Mexican red wolf, right? Is that, I think it's called Mexican wolf. Okay. But it, I don't... Uh, I've never seen one while I've been out there. I, you you know, probably can't tell the difference between them and a coyote from what I've seen. They're, they're a smaller... They're pretty small. Yeah. Compared to our mongrels we got up in the northern Rockies there. That's... Yeah. Those are... There's a big difference. You get a pack of eight 60-pound dogs chasing you versus a pack of 800 to 120-pound dogs chasing you. Yeah. And that outcome's quite a bit different. And I want to say that the Mexican wolf, and I looked into it quite a bit when we hunted Arizona because there's some in southern Arizona, mm -hmm. yep. southeast Arizona, I think. And I want to say they were 35 to 50 pounds. Oh, really? if, if I remember right. Oh, yeah, it didn't seem like they were be. much different than a coyote. Yeah. And I just know the wolf I shot last year in Idaho, uh, it was honestly probably only 65 or 70 pounds. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, that was in March and it hadn't eaten. It looked like it hadn't eaten all oh, winter. Wow. Just there was no stomach to it. It was huh. skin and bones and head. And the head on that thing is just giant. Hmm. But yeah, completely different species. And so the good news is in New Mexico, you aren't affected by wolves. Even though they do have wolves, you might right. hear them howling at night, but right. they don't affect the elk or the elk. To at, at least, I'm sure they probably take some calves and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, someone listening to this is probably going to call us and say, oh, no, they're eating every... <laughs> they're 120 pounds and yeah. they kill more elk. <laughs> yeah, but I grilled this this scientist really hard, and he's all about state control. He's, I mean, he's he represents a state yep. and says, no, I'm there because I want my state to manage them, not... Yep the federal government so but he's a very sharp guy and he said you know that they just you think about a smaller uh canine like that it's a pretty high risk proposition to yeah. say i'm going to go jump in on an 800 pound hoof antlered animal versus i could go chase that 60 pound coos deer yep so i don't know yeah why did we get on wolves? Wolves. Because I said, what are the good things about New Mexico? Yeah. Okay. Wolves. Well, let's, wolves. <laughs> yeah. Let's get on the good things about New Mexico. Multiple season type. So no matter what your passion is, there's a season for you. Yeah. They have the best mobility impaired hunts in the West. If you have a mobility impaired hunter in your group, you need to be applying them in New Mexico. You get to hunt early October and it's in their best elk units. That's all good. That's awesome. Low cost, relative. And as to other I say, states. you know, we 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 focus strictly on elk. Mm -hmm. But if you're buying the the license and it's not refundable, and mm -hmm. it only costs you thirteen dollars per species, right? That's thirteen dollars. You might as well put in for ticket. yeah. You might as well just put in for <clears throat> multiple species. Yeah. The only the one of the downsides in New Mexico is you. When I say that's the non-refundable cost, you yep. do have to pay the whole tag fee up front. Up front. So if you're so on a budget and all of a sudden you're like, well, I already paid the 60 or $78 or the $65 license cost and it's $13 a species. Well, you do, you, you have to have a little bigger pool of money to front the tag fees. Tag fees. For and months. then you get that back if you don't draw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the cow tags in New Mexico are for residents only. So no. you can't hunt an antlerless elk as a non-resident? Nope. Uh, and not any of, any of the draw cow tags. Right. Now, we're not getting into the whole system of landowner tags. We're just leaving that to the side. But there's a whole whole category of. So they do have things. antlerless landowner tags that a non-resident could buy. I think so. I shouldn't say that, but I'm pretty sure that uh, the landowner ones you can go to. You can be from Mars, I think, and you you could be <laughs> one of those UFOs that crashed in Roswell. And you, you could still buy a landowner voucher, I believe. Yeah. There, you know. I remember driving by that when we hunted down there at not Roswell, I don't think, but we yeah. was that area called where the VLA, the, the yeah, the, yeah, the very large array. Yeah, yeah, all the that was like from Close Encounters of the Third Kind or yeah. something. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. If if you are hunting near the VLA, you've got a good tag. Let's really? just put it that way. I drove by it. I know. There aren't many <laughs> bad hunts around the VLA, uh, which is in Katrin County in western New Mexico. Um, other good things about New Mexico. The weather's usually really nice. 
Especially if you like suntans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you probably, very few of the New Mexico hunts are you going to have to bring your down parka. Right. So, but you might have to bring rain gear. Rain gear. Oh, yeah. Those definitely get a lot of, the, especially in archery season, get a lot of the monsoons. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico has some of the worst roads in North America, in my experience. Especially no worries. Here. I've, I've got right. some negative things to point out. I, I want to talk about positive things for a bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, they got big, they got big elk. We had to drive two hours to a Dairy Queen. Yeah. Is that a positive? That was a positive thing for that hunt because you stayed at camp every night and weren't distracted. I know. That's, that's all right. Um, let's see. High elk numbers. There are. Great bull to cow ratios. Um. And that unit we hunted, we had the day you stayed at camp, we hiked way back in there. And there were three herds that came together and there were probably 80 or 90 elk just in that little basin. And then where I ended up shooting mine, there were two different days we were out there hunting. There were what, 200 plus elk in that? Mm-hmm. That one draw down below us there. So good elk numbers, healthy elk population, yeah. mature elk. I mean, they really do manage a lot of those units for a more, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not gonna say there's a 350 inch bull behind every tree but there are mature elk in multiple units in New Mexico. Yeah. And their rifle seasons are five-day seasons, and they're at the hardest time of the year to kill a bull elk. They're all post-rut seasons. So you do get a better age class. Yeah. You, you just, you know, it's hard to knock that age class down heavily when you're archery hunting. Yeah. But if you expanded opportunity for rifle, I think you'd, put a bigger dent in that. Which goes into why units like 13, 15, and 17 that don't have a rifle season probably have a more mature age class of elk. Mm -hmm. So if I ever did buy a muzzleloader, there's also a November muzzleloader season in those units. That's where I'd be hunting (laughs) because then you're hunting late season elk and late season elk are way easier to kill than post-rut. Oh. Yeah, might as well take a slingshot and a stone out there instead of a muzzleloader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just how do you feel about muzzleloaders? I course? just, I did not have a good, and obviously there's a big difference between traditional muzzleloaders mm-hmm. and, and honestly, traditional archery. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that because it's archery. I'm okay with, with the challenge, mm-hmm. but why shoot a muzzleloader, a, a firearm projectile, that is like slinging a stone out of a slingshot. Yeah. I no, I don't have an answer to that yeah. question. You, you ask a very valid question. I don't Good. Have, an, I have an answer to it. I could make one up <laughs> if you'd like. Um, so, so can the, I talk about a couple negatives about New Mexico? Well, not negatives, things that uh, surprised me. Okay. You can't camp on... State land. State land in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can walk all over it all day during the daylight. You yeah. can probably put a headlamp on and walk around on it all night, but you can't put a tent and a cot and a right. sleeping bag on it. Exactly. So yeah. it concentrates everybody into the small little sections of BLM land right. that are there. So for instance, the, the area we hunt in, it's, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just something that for, you need to be for, aware of when you go right. down there. You you guys in Idaho have the best state land yeah. recreation laws. Montana, we're getting better. 
So we can we can camp on our lot on our state lands now. If we got to have a recreation permit and stuff, but I think some people go to these states like New Mexico, and it's like, what do you mean I can't camp there? Yeah, no, it's state land. You can't camp there. So, so we're we're at the corner of four units where we're mm-hmm. hunting or where we're camping. So a majority of all the hunters from four different units are, are concentrated on this little square of BLM land. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. I mean, it was like Walmart at 545 <laughs> on an afternoon trying to get out. We had, I mean, there were like, I think there should have been people out there directing traffic because we almost got ran over. Yeah. People were just jumping I out in front of people. About that. Yeah, and it's right. dusty and dry and everybody's on quads or some kind of an ATV. Mm-hmm. And it's it sounds like a warship with you know, <laughs> air, aircraft trying to land and take off all at the same time and just. But the roads were smooth, right? No, and they were <laughs> dusty, just red dust, and yeah, yeah it was eye opening. We were getting up at four four fifteen mm-hmm. to try to get ahead, okay. not of the people going to the spot we were, just the road traffic leaving that area, and yeah, it. That and at least in that area where there's a lot of state land, yeah. uh, in some of those spots, it does concentrate a lot of people in some some of those areas. So, yeah. what what else was was a non positive surprise? A non positive surprise. Uh, th- there was one more positive. Mm-hmm. I did not see a rattlesnake the whole time. Oh, I forgot about your snake issues. I don't that, have snake that, issues. That is one of the first hunts I've ever been on there that I didn't see a rattlesnake. Well, you're lucky. Well, if you would have seen one, Corey would have been on his way home. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's that bad, Donnie? It's that bad. Really? It's We're, not. It's bad. Yeah, if I you'd guess. have known in advance. Mm-hmm. It probably would have passed. We wouldn't have applied. <laughs> really? So would you rather hunt near grizzly bears or rattlesnakes? Oh, I would see six grizzly bears a day over knowing that there's one rattlesnake in the unit. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. That's funny. And I don't know. I think it's just I didn't grow up around them. Donnie you know, grew up in Ely, so he had, right. you know, I mean, <laughs> they had pet rattlesnakes. Yeah. And we were in Arizona and uh, I happened to step over a rattlesnake that was buzzing at me, and I wasn't prepared. Uh, it just didn't recognize the sound. I thought mm-hmm. my foot was scraping some sagebrush as I was walking by it. And Donnie's like, hey, look what you just stepped on. And turn around, there's a big old rattlesnake coiled up there looking at me like it wanted to eat me for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, the five the five prior days, Corey was in the lead. No, not a, care, not a care in the world. The rest of the trip, Donnie, Corey you, was behind yeah, me. Yep. Donnie, you, I had a camera guy that same way in New Mexico. We're well, right out by the VLA. We're filming an antelope hunt, and it's starting to get dark, and we're walking out. And I hear, and I look over, and there's this rattlesnake to the right of me. All, I mean, he's up and coiled. And I'm like, oh, cool, look at that. And <laughs> Lauren is like, oh, my God, he's just freaking out. And I'm like, no, no, get over here. We got to film this thing. It's all I can do to calm him down. So he films it from about 100 yards away and zooms in. I'm like, oh, that footage is no good. That's so, when you give the camera to Bryce. And- yeah. Yeah, my buddy Bryce, he catches them. Yeah. Yeah. We're in New Mexico. He's over there catching them. He's to sell. He's an Idaho guy. He's yeah. to, well, you know Bryce. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he, he used to sell snakes when he was in grade school or something. He said, oh, yeah, we'd catch them and sell them. 
whatever. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he's got snake issues, man. Yeah. He, he's like... Yeah, I don't off. have snake issues. I avoid them. <laughs> People like Donnie and Bryce have snake <laughs> issues. <laughs> well, so, so we didn't, so we see, didn't any see any rattlesnakes, and it was mm -hmm. hot and dry, mm -hmm. and we were around water sources where you'd think they'd be concentrated, so yeah. that was a, a positive. Okay. Well, don't take that to the bank. Because New Mexico has more than its share of rattlesnakes in our country. <laughs> I'm not trying to scare you off. I just, I think after saying that, I don't got to worry about Corey doing a party application with me in New Mexico. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm thinking November in Montana is a good time for us to hunt together. There you go. We'll do that. Yeah. No, no rattlesnakes there. The other thing about, you know, in Wyoming, if you do a party application and there's three in the party, but only two tags left. They'll fill the third person. In Wyoming, they do? Yeah. Oh, wow. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, though. That's nice yeah. of them. It is. Yeah. New Mexico is like no boy. Yeah. Mm, yep. Yeah. So there's three tags left, four of you on your application. Your whole application's kicked out. Yep. yep. So that's why there's, and when you think about when it's only a 6% quota to non residents, it's, Party apps can Sway that. disqualify yep. quite a few people just by the math of how it can work. Yep. So, but if you look at the draw odds, um, you, you know, the, a lot of people think it's this simplified draw odd of, well, there were four tags and 40 people, so it was a 10% draw odd. Really, you got to think about the fact that there's a second choice and a third choice. And the only place I've found that really has that dialed in to give you true odds for all three choices yep. is go hunt with their draws. Maybe there's some other place out there. That I don't, and I remember I don't Arizona, because Arizona is similar. They look at your first two choices. Yep. And I can remember back in 2005 when we, were, when we drew it, I started applying there in 2001 and trying to figure out the odds just based on, and the state's information. I mean, it's a state that runs mm -hmm. the draw and the information they had, there was a full booklet for Arizona <laughs> that tried to explain, you know, right. each of these, and it was so confusing. So to have go hunt and just go in there and say, second choice, I want this, what are my odds? Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it's not, it can't project the odds because no one knows what yeah. everyone's going to do the upcoming year. It's what Shows were you. your odds based on the previous year's drawing. Yeah. So anyone who thinks, that if, if someone could come up with projected draw odds, Man. you could really make some money then. I think they have a name for those people. Yeah. Accounts. Accounts. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking anything that negative. I was no. thinking about. <laughs> Come on, Donnie. Us accountants. We're not that forward thinking. Man. If it's not in the rearview mirror, we don't know anything about it. Are going to predict how much money you're going to make this year? Yeah. It's going to tell you how much you have to pay in taxes for last year. So just looking at New Mexico, I don't know. I love it. It's a great state. Um and I can always justify why I should be applying yeah. for elk in New Mexico. Um, could I be talked out of it? Yeah, probably, but not at this age in my life. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm 54 years old, man. I'm applying. If, if they had elk in Florida, I'd be applying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if there's an opportunity, I view them as raffle tickets, and maybe my my guess maybe I've got some sort of gambling. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't I don't gamble. So maybe this is how I gamble. 
Yeah. I view these as raffle tickets and you, you know, get your I, fix this way. There you go. I don't buy lottery tickets. I don't do any of the other. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I mean, I got to have some vice in life. <laughs> you know? Well, if there's anybody that has a vice for elk applications, I would, I would give uh, you the award. I probably, probably me. I've, I've got problems when it comes to that, but. And, and uh, honestly, New Mexico if it wasn't for the geographic distance, and I like to drive, flying, when I flew down there, I was so handicapped just because I could only bring my bow case with my bow. My sleeping bag was stuffed in there, basically two changes of clothes. Mm. When I drive somewhere, I can take all the extra stuff right. that if I forget something or something goes wrong, and you drove, so I mean, you had yeah. all that. But for somebody coming from an area where it's a choice of, I drive to somewhere that's 12 hours away, or I fly to somewhere that's you know a twenty-hour drive. I'd say drive to the twelve-hour area rather than than fly because you are so handicapped yeah. in that. And for me, that's what New Mexico is. It's too far for me to justify driving with the limited time I have to hunt. Yeah, and to spend four to five days on the road getting to that hunt, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, and when you get into budgets, you know, once we get to the fallback kind of, what do I do if I didn't draw things? Yeah. A state like Colorado or Idaho where you can have four guys pitch in and all the you know all four got a tag. Yep. Well, everyone chips in for gas. Everyone chips in with the driving. It makes more sense to drive. It's way easier. It's there's all these reasons why those kind of hunts are more practical from a, a both a logistic standpoint and from a cost standpoint, because you're spreading a lot of those costs yeah. out over way more people. Whereas in New Mexico, I discourage people from doing party applications yeah. for the most part. It it just, it's Wait a minute. too likely. <laughs> well, no. How'd I, you talk me into well, it? Well, I talked you into it by saying, look, we'll roll the dice. This is like a There's one no rattlesnakes there. Yeah. There's a 400 inch bull behind every tree. You yeah. can fly and I'll drive. And I lied, yeah. But no, the idea there was if we didn't draw there, we'd go back to Idaho or Montana. Yeah. So it was like a, a roll of the dice. But if it was something where someone says, hey, me and my buddies, we we like to do an elk hunt every year, I'd say if you got you know two or three of you, you're really putting yourself at risk that you're not going to get your party filled. Yeah. Because 6%, there aren't many hunts where there's that many tags available. So what, I guess, what is uh, an average number of tags in New Mexico for, say, an archery hunt? I mean, are we talking 100 tags in the unit? It's, those are usually, yeah. So you're talking the, six tags for non-residents total. Yeah. And so if you put in as a party of four, you realistically have to draw one of the first three tags. Yep. If or you don't, so now you've, you're looking at, instead mm -hmm. of six out of 100 tags... You have to draw three out of a hundred, so you're limiting a party application of four people. Cut your draw odds in half. Yeah. So I'll just rattle off number of archery tags: seven, uh, five, five, one, one, six, one, one, uh, seven, eight, one, one, eight, eleven, fifteen, nine, uh, three. Four, you think four, about that. Four, five, two, two, three, three, two, two, eight, five, one, 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 twelve, seven, eight, two, two, six, five. So you look at all those were right there. You, 
if you were a party of two or three and there's two tags, yeah. you, you, you're wasting your time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you drew the first two if there's a party of two, but so you got to think about that stuff as you, as you're applying. And that's why I think a lot of people in New Mexico apply solo. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. To yeah. increase your odds. Unless you're lucky like Randy and I and. Yeah, that, was, <clears throat> that shows you just how much of a fluke that was. That was. Yeah, because if we would have drawn the fourth, if we if ours would have been pulled as number four, it would have been tossed out because yep. there was only one tag left and there were two on our application. So we had so. to have drawn one of the first three tags right. out of 104 applications. Right. So our odds were less than 3%, yeah, even though the published option. odds were 6.8%. Right, because of the second yep. choice options. So lots of cool, lots of, I mean, I think the part I like most about New Mexico, like I like about Idaho, is there is no point system. I've been playing these point games for 20 some years. I started this in 1993, was my first non-resident application out of state. And I've concluded that point systems are a train wreck. I, I'd give away my double digit points which I have for moose and goat and sheep and uh, antelope in uh, some states and then deer and others to just, you know what, take my points, just go back to random. Yeah. But you would, uh, there'd be, you know, riots in the yeah. streets. Well, and it is, you're invested in, I mean, there are people mm-hmm. like you that are invested 20 plus years. Right. You can't pull the rug out from under them. Right. I mean, the states, there would be riots in the streets. So the states are locked into these systems Mm-hmm. that don't work. Right. And it's so crazy how Idaho and New Mexico have to fight every year. I know, you guys... To keep people's hands off of the system because everybody wants to force them to a point system. Yeah. Because they think, oh, I'll draw that coveted tag every five years if we have a point system. And just look at Colorado. Yeah. You want to you wanna see an example of point creep? Right. Look there. Yeah, I... So I'm one of the guilty parties. I was on the committee when Montana came up with their program, uh, and I advocated that we keep half of the tags in a random pool, and I lost. I was I wasn't gray at that time. I was yeah. I was young and so your ideas idealistic. had no wisdom behind right. them. Yeah, well, you know, some of those guys needed their fourth or fifth sheep tag. They weren't going to put some of these over in a random draw. These, <laughs> <laughs> and they're still waiting to draw that one. Yeah, but so what else does the world need to know about New Mexico? You know, I think what we've, was the deadline? Uh, March twentieth, right, right, Donnie? Donnie, that's right. We had to wake I, Donnie up over here. He nodded work. off. Yeah. Donnie's just looking at us like you guys. I I don't know how. I I think Donnie's gonna go and post an Instagram post or a Facebook post that do. It's gonna be something like, <laughs> I just watch these guys do a podcast. Don't believe a word they say. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But I don't know Donnie as well as you. So I, maybe that's just kind of the look he has all the time. But he's been. Kinda, it's it's a look of skepticism. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you are, are you the eternal skeptic? No, he just knows me well enough to know that yeah. he can only believe half of what I say. So. I, I knew that we t- started talking about rattlesnakes, so they're not going <laughs> to Well, you're happen. the one who brought it up, Don. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Huh. How, you do, how do you deal with tarantulas? How do I deal with them? Yeah. You, okay you can them? step on a tarantula. You can't mm-hmm. step on a rattlesnake. Okay. Because it, uh, in New Mexico and, you know, southeast Colorado and Arizona, there's large numbers of tarantulas never seen one i don't believe it 
What? I've never seen a tarantula in the wild. I see them every time I go down there that time of year. I didn't see rattlesnakes either until I stepped on that one. So maybe if I'm not looking for them, it's kind of like, don't look for them, don't think about them, they aren't here. Okay. I'm, I'm not okay. scared of spiders. I'm, I'll let them have their distance. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared of rattlesnakes. I just would prefer not to see them or know that they're anywhere around. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. We'll, yeah. we'll just leave it at that. We don't want you to get into your, you know, this. See we don't I, want this to be like a counseling a session. Of, I was going to well, say. Tell me, Mr. Jacobson, how long have you been having these issues? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I think if I tell people that I'd rather wrestle a grizzly bear, at least I still sound like I'm tough. If they, if they heard me squeal like a little schoolgirl when I see a rattlesnake, yeah, I might lose that. Maybe you'll be a wrestle a grizzly bear. There's a dude in Colorado who choked out a mountain lion. Yeah. Well, so, you know, there's the, the rumor that Joe Rogan killed a mountain lion by doing MMA on it, you know, years ago. And so I right. believed that. I'm like, is that a real story? Like, it, I didn't believe it, but I thought, well, maybe something happened. Maybe he did get attacked and he scared it off. Yeah. And then come to find out, he admitted that, no, I, that somebody made that up. I never, never did that. Oh. So this guy, you know, it's on the news and I'm thinking, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I've seen multiple mountain lions. I've hunted them for a long time mm -hmm. and they are hands down the apex predator, the right. solo ninja killer. Mm-hmm. Well, then I read that the thing that he that he killed was three to four months old and thirty five pounds. Oh, really? I read yeah. it was eighty pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, I, I can. I mean, don't get me wrong. If uh, a cougar attacks me, no matter what age it is, I'm going yeah. in self defense. Did you see his face? Yeah, it clawed picture? him up. It yeah. bit on his wrist and wouldn't let go. Yeah, and all that. But then I thought, okay, well, a thirty five pound cat, or even you know forty five fifty pound cat, three to four months old. That's realistic. That's a believable story. Right. Yeah. So, Joe Rogan choking out 180 pounds. I was just going to say, you, you tangle with 150-pound mountain lion. You're done. You're not choking it out. So no. that's a disclaimer for anybody listening. <laughs> Don't take hope from this guy choking out a mountain lion because yeah, those things are just, they're the, well, they're the I, real deal. I, I'm waiting to see Corey choke out a 350-pound grizzly bear. I just hunt with people that I can outrun. All right. That's uh, yeah. that's all that's all there is to surviving in grizzly country. Well, I don't want to be there when, <laughs> when that happened. But well, you saw what he did in in Wyoming. No, we thought that we heard a grizzly bear coming at us. Yeah, and it was a bird. No and way. so, first thing he did was shot his pepper spray at me and the cameraman. <laughs> hey. I didn't hear this. And turned to run. No, no, I turned to run first, and in my in my turning to run, I wasn't looking exactly at where I was pointing the bear spray, and it happened to get in their face. That's yeah. that's their fault that's for being in the wrong he, place. That's why he can outrun everybody. He yeah. he blasts them with pepper spray. Beforehand. They were both they were both drawn for their pistols. I knew I was going to get shot if I didn't do something, so I sprayed them with pepper spray. <laughs> oh man, I didn't know you pulled that stunt. I'm not taking you in Montana where we got grizzly bears. <laughs> I, I can't outrun you anyhow, but certainly I can't outrun you if I'm laid up like that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes them an easy target. When they're on the ground <laughs> rolling around and flailing, it's like, I'm taking that so one. So here's the good part about New Mexico. You don't no, have to worry bears. about grizzly bears. Yeah. 
you can leave your meat hanging up there overnight and you probably don't got to worry about coming back and having the grizzly bear problem. True. You can hunt wilderness areas without a guide. That I, is... I can list so many good things about New Mexico. Yep. I, I have been hard on New Mexico. My one experience there mm-hmm. was overall a positive experience, yeah, even though it was an incredibly it. hard hunt. Mm-hmm. We did, I don't remember how many miles we did, 80 some know. miles in eight some, days or some something. It was yeah. out of control. Yeah, It was hot and dry and miserable and dusty and all of that. But we killed an elk. We had a great time. We got ice cream at Sonic instead of Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. And Just we all realized boat. there is a difference in quality between Dairy Queen and Sonic. Yeah, our poor buddy... Ben. ben, yeah, he just he, about he made, made it, it. He made it like six miles down the interstate, and you guys are flashing your lights like, "Hey, <laughs> Pull Ben's over. not gonna make it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, my digestive system's pretty robust, but mm-hmm. I guess some people who are a little more sensitive, yeah, can't well, handle. Well, sonic. I got to the bottom of my Sonic, and it was mostly powder. I'm like, "What is this all about?" <laughs> this is an ice cream. This is an ice cream. Have you ever had ice cream that had powder in it? No, no. I guarantee you he has. Oh, I it's, a, it's called a malt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we got there, but it wasn't worth stopping, that's for sure. No. But and I, you, you I educated can, me on that. I can, yeah, I just had to prove to you that, you know, this is, <laughs> Dairy Queen would never do that to no. you. Yeah. So there's all kinds of good things about New Mexico. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't have enough time for me to go on, but I think it's good for you to point out some of the, the, the realities of a New Mexico hunt so that people don't think, oh, I drew my tag. All I got to do is just show up and a, yep. a big bull's going to walk into camp and f- lay on his back and say, here, gut me. Yep. So, you still have to hunt elk. Yeah. And you still have to deal with the obstacles that come with hunting elk. Yeah. I, I just, I like how New Mexico is able to pr- put a lot more people in the field without hurting the resource and they do it by somewhat shorter seasons and with a lot more quote-unquote primitive weapons however primitive we want to say compound bows and high-tech muzzleloaders are yeah so other than that you you got any did you you've been sick have you looked up a sick question of the week or you just not up to that i didn't even think about that for tonight all right so don't worry about it Whoa, whoa, the, 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 it's no big deal. We'll do two of them sometime. Okay. So, but this one, we got to get loaded up, you know, like early March. This one's going to get thrown in advance yep. of the sequence because we want to make sure that people, I mean, did we say it in the intro that if you want all this great Gohan information that I was just dealing with here, that you got to use promo code ALKTOK? Yeah, see, that's that's a problem. People are complaining that we're spending too much time on sponsor mentions. So we, we recorded a, nothing. an intro that we just, it's the same intro every time. So we can just get right into talking. Yeah. I don't remember what we recorded in the intro. I and know. I don't listen to it again. So <laughs> we probably right. better mention because this is application season. Right. The most important resource that we have for researching applications is Go Hunt and Insider right. Membership. So right. use the promo code. What What's the promo code? Elk Talk. Elk Talk. That keeps it. And you it's get easy. $50 of free credit in their gear shop. Yep. So yeah. that will buy you how many? How many gear. exclusive Corey Jacobson out calls will that get you? 
Ooh. <laughs> uh, do they it, sell them in the go? Yeah. I, I know they sell Rocky Mountain Honey. Yeah, you'd probably, uh, you'd probably get five or six diaphragms for free. <sighs> or you could get a bugle tube and two or three diaphragms just for signing up. Really? That's a pretty good deal. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Yeah. You don't get $50 in free credit. You get a bugle tube and a couple of free diaphragms just there for you. signing up for Go Hunt. Yeah, you got you to go to Go Hunt and use your $50 credit to get that bugle tube. That's true. All right. Yep. So before we put the audience completely to sleep and one of <laughs> us fall asleep, I think we should wrap this up. It's probably a good idea. You good with that? Because we, right, right now it's almost 11 o'clock. I've been podcasting since 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah, so you're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie's over there looking at me as I'm about nodding off. Like he's he's slowly slouching down farther and farther yeah, I'm, in the bed. What would you, you say about, I, I said I shouldn't have laid down when we got back from dinner, and you said something about weak minds. and said there's a lot of things you shouldn't do with a full belly and a weak mind. Yeah. yeah as Randy is slumping down on his hotel bed here <laughs> oh i'm i'm full disclosure i'm like full belly weak mind right now yeah. i'm i'm proving that i i how would it take me like five tries to pronounce the name of the podcast when we got started here they probably think i've taken to drinking or no something. You, you picked up you recovered from that really well yeah well so. folks i appreciate you listening uh, i don't know that you learned anything here in this last i don't know hour Send us, send Corey Jacobson a bill for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to run it by my accountant to make sure it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm applying in New Mexico. I know that you're punting this year in New Mexico. Where are you applying this year? You've you've got all kinds of weird. things. You you got a weird calendar this we year. Do, we don't even have a calendar yet. That's the weird thing is we yeah. don't have anything locked in. Huh. We've got a whole bunch of loose ends that we're just waiting to. Stuff into the calendar. But what are you going to do if this is your Donnie draws his Nevada elk tag? Donnie doesn't apply in Nevada. Yeah. His oh. dream hunt is a Nevada tag. It's where he grew apply? up. But he yeah. doesn't apply. Oh, well, Not that's yet. a heck of a deal. Well, we're, yeah. uh, I don't think they look you up in the phone book and say, yo, Donnie, we got an elk <laughs> yeah. tag for him. Huh. Come back and hunt in, in Nevada. Don't they have something no. like that in Montana? Uh, come back and hunt yeah, or come home to come, hunt? Come home to hunt. Yeah. If, if See, you were at one time a resident and you, they meet certain criteria, like you left-handed and you got a club foot and you got bad hearing and four I'm left-handed. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, my but, odds but are going had, up. Yeah, but you had to have been born there. So uh, my son, uh, this is the crazy part. My son moved there when he's a year old, and he's lived there for 26 years. He doesn't qualify. His nah. birth certificate doesn't <laughs> say Montana. No. So mm. he feels like he got So somebody out. that's born there. And lived and there for li- three months. Yeah. And, yeah. They can go back and hunt. Yeah, go, some, they can come home to Montana. Yeah. Some crazy rule like that. Really what it was is the three legislators who came up with this, their kids had moved off yeah. after college, and they wanted them to be able to come home and hunt on the cheap. Nope. Yeah, no, 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 not at all self-serving. No. Nothing like that. But uh, so no, we'll uh, hopefully as we lock in our plans, I'll be able to share them. We we just really we have so many options, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to dial in what we want to focus on this year for Destination Elk. And are you doing Destination Elk again this year? We are. How many days will it be? Uh, all of them. Yeah, all, all of them. them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whether it's three or 10 or... And that's yeah, the hard 30. thing is, you know, we look at, say, we go to Oregon. Last mm-hmm. year, we hunted eight days in Oregon, mm-hmm. and we didn't kill an elk. So you yeah. get all eight days of that adventure. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if we hunt Idaho and we kill elk on day two and day three? That's only three days of content you get to watch. Yeah. So it's almost better that we don't fill our tags. That's why I get so much content out of a hunt because <laughs> I never kill anything. <laughs> but uh, no, the, the loophole folks have invited me out to, since no one else invites me out, I've been invited out to go on a Roosevelt elk hunt in oh, really? late August, early September. Hmm. Yeah. Well, can I can I share with you a <laughs> little gonna, bit of information? Yeah, that, I'm not going to jab myself in the leg with a broadhead. Or well, that's like that. yeah, so. that, that's actually YouTube gold. We found out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So uh, we hunted last year, late August, early September. Yeah. Don't. Do I it. would never go back and hunt Roosevelt elk before September 5th again. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're okay sitting in a tree stand, no, or something like that. But no. if you want to call in elk. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider going. The, you'll hear them, maybe a couple bugles here and there. Hmm. Man, it was tough hunting early. Really? All right. Maybe I'll have a different tag that interferes with that then. I don't know. <laughs> well, don't get <laughs> me in trouble with no, the good no. folks over there. That's... No, they're, they're good friends. Uh, and then for me, uh, me and my crew, we've all applied in Wyoming. Wait and find out next week. Uh, and then me and the crew, we've applied in Arizona. And uh, let's see. Then we're, you and the crew are going to apply in New Mexico? Right. And Colorado? I, I will, I'm, I'm out of the, out of, off the wait list. Uh, no, not yet. I'm for deer. I just got off the deer wait list in Utah. So I'm, I'm still, next year I can apply in, uh, uh, Utah, Montana, obviously, you know, we've got our over the counter just like you guys do in Idaho. Yep. And then, uh, we've got, and you're saving your tag for November, November. Yeah. 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 Pretty special hunt. Pretty special hunt. Corey's coming over. I'm going to drive around all day. You didn't have to spill the beans that fast. I was going to really build it up and make it sound like it was a really special hunt. Yeah, it's about as special as nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll maybe show you some tracks or something. Yeah, grizzly tracks probably. And so we got Montana. And then we've we've got uh, Colorado, I think, all of us are just going to buy points in Colorado oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, and then Nevada will be all apply for elk. I just, I've only got three points because I drew there in 2005 and they had the 10 year wait. Now they've scaled it back to seven. When, you know, the year that I could get out of the penalty box, they scale it back to seven. Uh, but my son Matthew has 16 points there. Wow. So I didn't realize there was a wait in Nevada. Oh, yeah. I just, I view it as a once in a lifetime tag. Well, it is by all practical purposes. Even yeah. if there wasn't a wait there, I think it'd be a once in a lifetime. Uh, and then let's see, what else am I forgetting? Uh, oh, Idaho. Idaho's our fallback. But this year I've told the crew, somebody's going hunting deer or elk in Idaho. One of the, one of us. And It's know. just too easy of an over-the-counter state yeah. to not hunt something. Yeah, and I'm... For, for me to drive to the Island Park, Henry's Lake area yeah. is two hours. Yep. I mean. That's almost like a resident hunt. Yeah. An in-state hunt. Right. So what I'd love to do some year, and I always, I keep saying this, is to go hunt the Montana-Idaho border. With down two tags. south of Bozeman with an <laughs> Idaho tag and a Montana tag and do it in archery season because the seasons really overlap yeah. there. Whereas in the rifle seasons, you guys are earlier than Montana. Yeah. And... 
What's your grouse limit in Idaho? Four a day. Well, four. I don't know. It's so, a little different in each region, but okay. I think most I'd of them are four. Out. I could shoot four grouse in Idaho and three in Montana. I could do seven grouse a day and have an elk. That I, I, and I couldn't, I I couldn't even head. get elk <laughs> to cross his brain when he could shoot three in Montana. You put no. four more in Idaho. You, you like grouse, Donnie? Yes, I do. Oh, see. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I just don't like him enough to walk away no. from a bugling bull that's raking his antlers that and wants to die. Bull will keep bugling. <laughs> that's that what grouse, he said. That grouse He's might stalking fly this off. grouse down through some brush, and I'm like, Randy, you're going to scare off the bull. There'll be another one around the corner. I'm like, there'll be another grouse around the corner. Oh, no, no, no. My wife won't let me come home. If I walk away from a grouse, she won't let me in the house for two weeks. Yep. So a, a, bird, a bird in the hand is worth two in the there bush. There we go. See, I think Donnie and I should be on together more. So, so that's kind of our, our strategy. And in some states, it's just me applying. Some states, it's me and Marcus and Michael, our crew, and our, our buddy Bo, who has the llamas. We're kind of adopting him and trying to bring him in as part of our crew because he's just such a good guy. <laughs> And his llamas are really a handy tool to have. And, <laughs> and he's now got a YouTube channel. And so it's just it's good content. A few states. You're a bad influence. I know. <laughs> I am a bad influence on a lot of people and a lot of things. And then some states, uh, Uncle Larry. Oh, we know we have the Wyoming tag with yeah. my Uncle Larry uh, because he got it reserved from last year when his chemo treatments prevented him from going last year. Uh, so some states, Uncle Larry applies. Some states, uh, my son Matthew applies. So we've we've got enough. So people. how many apple? I mean, you're just you rattled off there. Rough math in my head. That's thirty five or forty elk applications. Mm-hmm. Is that you? Yeah, you between. I mean, your whole crew and everybody. You're yeah. You've got yeah. So last month. I did all of our crew, their Wyoming elk applications, and then we did all of our Arizona applications and licenses. And like a dumb sucker, I did the Wyoming bison. And, uh, <laughs> for everybody? No, for okay, me. Okay, I was no, going to say. Well, look, I ain't doing that for my employees. <laughs> Man. I just paid off the, the company credit card this month, $23,000. <laughs> And yeah, there's some camera gear and other stuff on there, but so for the next few months, it'll be big numbers. Yep. And then I start you getting get the, all these you, you tax all the refunds yeah. coming back. Well, I get all these <laughs> refunds. Then, Where am I going to spend this twenty three thousand yeah. dollars? So uh, yeah, we get a ton of refunds back because you know it's just how it is. So there, uh, it'll be about June before I have to make another payment on a credit card because I've got these credit balances yeah. coming back or. You are successful on all of the draws. If that happens, Donnie, I don't, I'm going to have to hire We're in more trouble. camera guys because who, if all the camera guys are out hunting, who's going to film them? I was just going to say, you're going to have to hire more camera. You're going to have to fire some of your camera guys oh, so you can you afford go. their tags. There you go. But no, it's just our quest for content. And now that we moved into our new office, every whiteboard, everything I have is 2019 Year of the Elk. We are focused on elk. So I, I think if we end up with the elk tags we want, we're probably going to just hunt over-the-counter deer and we're just going to buy points for everything else. Yep. So, hey, you should start an elk podcast or something. Yeah, well. Like where you just like talk about elk? Talk about elk. Talk about it. Yeah, never kill any. Just talk <laughs> about them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's honestly, we ramble a lot and we go yeah. down a lot of rabbit holes 
But when it comes down to it, I don't think there's anybody as knowledgeable from experience of the application process in every state and what it takes to cut the corners and increase your draw odds than you are. Well, so. I don't know about that, but I, I doubt there's many people who have spent as much of their life work uh, ignoring their family and their other important <laughs> details and studying draws and uh, systems and everything else. And yep. it's just because I've been doing it for 20, whatever, 19, what, 1993. So this will be my 27th, 26th, whatever year of... Has it been that long since 1993? It has, Corey. Do your math. I graduated in 1990. I thought it was like, I thought my 10-year reunion should be coming up soon. I graduated. Did I miss that? I graduated in 1983. <laughs> okay, so just don't don't rub it in. Okay. <laughs> you but, still have your hair. Yeah, but I, for me, it just one. It's something that I always love to do. I'm kind yep. of a number sort of guy. But now that what we do when we're trying to produce content, and I've got a ton of friends who just say, "Hey, can you help me with this?" And I yep. enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd, what do you want here? Yeah, I'd do that. I'd do this and and go from there. So we try to impart as much of that experience as we can into these podcasts because like we've said before, normally, I mean, for most people we know, the first step to going elk hunting is to acquire a tag. A tag. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I, I've, my goal, like we've talked about, is to to hunt elk in every Western state that has elk Mm -hmm. and that's just simply to gain that experience but it's still just surface experience you know one time applying or drawing a tag in new mexico i understand the basics but for someone like you that can sit down and talk about everything on the on the level you do uh hopefully the listeners understand the value that and and applying for tags in new mexico isn't for everyone Mm -hmm. but for those that are uh, to have a resource like you that's been through it in multiple states, multiple years, is and knows the changes that come from year to year. Yeah, that's, well. you're the first person I call when I <laughs> want that advice. Uh, it's probably advice worth what you paid for it. Well, so. <laughs> it's a toll free call, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's let them go. Huh? Yeah, we've we, kept we got to get up and start podcasting again at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and we'll have guests so. tomorrow that actually talk. Really? Yeah. You got somebody who knows what they're talking about? Yeah. Well, Donnie, I don't know. I was going to say, they, they meant, I know what they're talking about, but they uh, talk. Donnie's just yeah. sitting Donnie, there. Donnie, he's just been sitting over there. I don't know if he's been asleep or if we needed to get him a shot of caffeine or. That's just, no. that's just Donnie. That's Donnie? Yep. Stay yeah. quiet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what's like, the saying? You can, you can uh, stay quiet and. Or you can open your mouth. Well, there's something so, oh, about Mark, staying quiet. Mark, Mark Twain said something about best to be quiet and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and prove and remove all doubt yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, my wife says it another way when I say something stupid is, hey, Randy, a closed mouth gathers no foot. <laughs> so she's telling uh, you. Uh, so. Other than her choice in men, she's a super smart woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's her only character flaw, their choice and, and a husband. So, but with that, yep. Thanks for listening, folks. Sorry to drag you along here, but uh, it's been a long day. Uh, we hope that you all 
apply in New Mexico, and we hope you all draw in New Mexico. By March 20th. By March 20th. Good thing you threw that in there. I was about going to say March 21st, but that's all Donnie's got that in my head because he wants everyone to have poor draw odds when they show up, and it says the draw is closed. Uh, All right, I'm going to hit this button. We did this for an hour and 31 minutes. That's embarrassing. We said we accomplished absolutely nothing in 91 minutes. All right. Take care, folks. Thanks for listening.